0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to another social distancing episode of Shakisha and the White Boy. I am your host, Ryan Dinger, better known to you by now as the White Boy. And guys, I can tell you, without going outside at all, I am getting whiter by the day. The snow sun is killing me. Joining me now via Skype is my very smart and talented co-host. She is the one, the only, the very fancy Shakisha Williams. Shakisha, oh, okay. how are you? Uh, uh, fancy, huh? You're so F- fancy.
1: And everything, that's a lie, because everybody is messed up. Can't go to the hairdresser, can't get your nails done.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's but you're time, you just time. got a natural fancy factor going on. You don't need the hairdresser for <laughs> any of that. You, don't let the societal standards the fool you, Shakisha. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I wanted to ask you I saw a tweet the other day that said something along the lines of um, You're not stuck at home, you're safe at home change your perspective. Yeah. I was curious what how when you hear that what is your response? Like how does that make you feel?
1: Um so I am of the mindset that rather be safe than sorry because people are there are people who are getting sick from this thing and people some people are losing their lives it's not as it's not you know the majority of the population but any um any effort to curtail this however long we need to do this let's do it um let's just be smart um Mm -hmm. and I do think you know I think um because as artists so you go really hard for a project let's just say for film it's like a, a number of Days you spend pre-planning and then the actual filming of the thing and then, you know, post-production. And then there may come a time when you wind down um, as a musical artist, you know, you're writing songs, you're composing, mixing, working with engineering. And there'll come a time when you're just like calm and everything's, you know, let's think of this as kind of a reset time. Let's think of this time where we could just, you know, all the rushes and all the things that we've had to do that we don't have to do right now. Let's just enjoy that stay safe stay smart wash your hands if you're feeling sick make the phone calls that you need to make if you need uh-huh. to go to, for testing but I think you know perspective is has its place
0: perspective has its place I do agree with that um I, I feel like so I agree with what you're saying uh, I think uh, of course I'm I'm this is now day 17 of staying home um, I think that that's important Uh I think, though, I, I kind of I could do without the live, laugh, love, like home decor line of thinking at a time like this. Like that to me reminds me of like, you know, I'm talking about those signs that you see of like the live, laugh, love. I feel like, um, yeah, it, you're lucky to be able to have a home to go to and to be safe. But when the alternative is like either you stay at home and stay safe and save lives or you go out and risk getting yourself sick or someone else sick and, and maybe killing that person, I think it's okay to feel like this kind of is not a great time right now. Like, oh, and I'm not saying it's not, and, no, and it's I just, not. No, I, not. I feel like, it's I feel not. like the, like, I feel like that you're not stuck at home. You're safe at home is a little flippant flippant to be honest. Cause it's kind of like not really recognizing the gravity of the situation. Like, yes, of course we're lucky to have a home where we can stay and be safe. I would never question that aspect of it, but like, it's okay to feel depressed about it. It's okay to feel like, you know, like, and I, it's okay to, to know that you're safe and lucky and still feel depressed about it. So yeah. I don't know. I kind of was like, let's let's save the live, laugh, love stuff for, for right now. Like let's put a pause for, on that.
1: For for more like you know, it's the holidays. You can't get out, you know, because you're snowed in. That's right. more of a you know, you're to to take a different perspective. I got you.
2: Yeah. So you
1: know, for me, like there, and there are tons of us out there who are warriors by nature, mm-hmm. right? And our. Anxiety might be on high. So in order for us to combat that, we have to have these little like restructuring moments where we're not like I'm going to tell you the truth, Ryan, and this is 100 percent honest. When I hear the president's daily press briefings, it literally makes me so angry that there's nothing that can be done about this man's perspective. We we, you know, got some great news, we, <laughs> we do some great things, you yeah. know, we, we get some 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 stuff happening. We we want to let everyone, we we're aiming for Easter. Like I want to jump through the television because it can't be this hard. It can't be this freaking hard to understand. What is going on? We have the respirators. We've given respirators. We had—I mean uh, ventil- we have ventilators for everyone. They cost a cost a lot of money, you know. Like the governors now have to kowtow town, basically kiss his mm-hmm. ass to get yeah. Shit done. Yeah, like,
0: he, he said is- that outright. Yep. Yeah. Like, he said he done. said they need to be more appreciative. <laughs> like that was literally. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> that minute. was. Wait. Yeah.
1: This is okay. So he was talking about. Um, recently, we're not doing a WTF, so I'm gonna run through this really quickly. A person, a couple, actually took medicine that, and it wasn't even the medicine. They used a version of this medicine um, that President Trump said was um, they were looking at for the cure for the virus. Quan, ah, oh, I hate when yeah, I do this. Yeah, I'm
0: one looking here. it up now. I I can't. Uh, hydro, hydrox, hydroxychloroquine. Yes, yes.
1: Cool and they took it, but they took the version that cleans fish pond. and The husband actually died, he died. and they said yeah. they got the information from the president. Now, mm-hmm. that, that's not so you know, rest in peace. I that's horrible, of
0: course, terrible. Yeah,
1: but here's the hard the worst part. He was talking about uh, the president was talking about this with I want to say Sean Hannity. And Mm -hmm. he said out of his mouth, you know, we're looking into the, why do I have to keep doing the Trump voice? I don't have to keep doing the voice. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking into this and we, you know, you'll probably know before we will, this is what this man who has access to all of the top scientists, the world organizations, the health all of the health boards across the nation, he has access in a phone call that he can call anybody he wants to. And he tells the news source that they'll probably know before him. You know why? Because he's getting his information from the television. Yeah. I am so up to so, – so for me, for someone like me who takes on everything this way, I have to find a safe place. I have to restructure how I think. I'll
0: go batshit crazy. See, it's funny you you position it that way, because you you know me. You know how I feel about it. I agree with you 100%. It's, it's all of this that actually makes me be like, let's put aside the change your perspective stuff for yeah. a little while. Like, this is serious, and people are dying because of it. Um, and the other thing is, like, <laughs> you know, when I was planning this episode yesterday, I'm just, like, racking my brain, like, what can we talk about in the news besides coronavirus? It's literally the only thing. I literally, I literally Googled yesterday when I was researching this episode. What is happening besides coronavirus? A goddamn. I gotta I got tell you, there are some things happening and they're all very, very depressing. So don't Google that because it's it's bad news elsewhere, too. The bad news continues despite the virus. It's not like there's you know an embargo on bad news elsewhere. It's still out there. Uh so it, it was not a uh a good Google for me. Um, And obviously we didn't find much to talk about aside from this thing, which it's understandable. You know, it's a once a century global pandemic. Of course it's going to dominate the news, but I was like, there has to be other things happening, right? Like there are, there, I know. I know nobody
1: Nothing's popping because everybody's at home And we don't admit when we go to the store Like no one is admitting when they go to the store Let's just mm-hmm. be 100% honest about that Even when everyone's like I'm at home I'm like how are you getting your food Some of us are still ordering You know our boxes Whether it's Fresh Direct Or yeah. you have the, the, the prepared boxes And having stuff delivered But the li- delivery services have kind of scaled back Because mm-hmm. there's so many of us who are in need But I will say this if any of the listeners know where I could get my hands on some rubbing alcohol, some, uh, some, um, Lysol, please hit me up.
0: I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that would be great if, for you. And then, uh, if someone wants to send in information about that, we can, we can push that out on our social too. We'd love to be informative in these trying times. And, uh, you know, Shikisha, right. I was curious, uh, because I've been thinking about like before I moved to New York, um, of course I know people who have lived here for a long time and people have their nine 11 stories and their hurricane Sandy stories. And I was kind of like, when you hear those, you have often these like very, um, I don't want to say exciting, but these like intense harrowing tales from people. And when we think back to like what our experiences are with coronavirus, cause this is like my first ever big disaster that has happened since I, like, I moved here like a, a year after Sandy. So I missed that. Um, I keep thinking like, oh, the stories that we're going to have are, well, we we sat at home and it was really fucking boring all the time. So I was curious, like for you, someone who was living in New York during 9-11, how does this experience differ from that?
1: Um, It definitely is different because even though worldwide there was a tension on 9-11 that kind of began a, a, a global conversation, every country is affected every continent has been affected by coronavirus. Yeah. So this isn't just a New York, you know, Pentagon issue. Now this is a worldwide issue.
0: hmm Yeah. It's crazy times. But, uh...
1: But what has been the same is good and bad. One, I see more and more people kind of standing up together. Um mm-hmm. And even more united. Yes, there's that faction. We'll talk about them in a second. Standing together and kind of saying we all need to be in this together. You know, we all need to kind yeah. of monitor. Yeah, I agree. Things. Yeah. That there's that that piece, and then there's the other piece that happened during a well, Middle Eastern-looking individuals, because not everybody who looks like they're from the Middle East are actually from the Middle East. Some are mm-hmm. Indian are from other countries and and regions, um were being attacked. And that's yeah. happening now with people of Asian heritage, where yeah, you know, they're being attacked for what the what the White House has called the Chinese virus. So ignorance yeah. always abounds, but I always, like there's always this other side of the hope slope,
0: yeah, agreed. So, the hope slope. I agreed. so I feel like you, like me, are probably looking for a break from talking about coronavirus and and i think that our listeners probably are looking for a break from hearing about it and so today is going to be a very cool episode if you're in that boat and you're tired of talking about it because we're taking a break from the domination of coronavirus in the news this week will mark the one year anniversary of the tragic murder of nipsey hustle which you know was obviously a terrible thing that happened but we're going to use this opportunity to sort of have this episode would be a celebration of him and his life. Uh, we're doing a hip hop themed episode today, Shakisha, and uh, so we'll be joined by Jason Buford, a certified hip hop expert and a writer who has had his work published on Passion of the Weiss, OK Player, and has had and has written several great pieces on Medium. He joined us a little earlier to discuss Nipsey, what he meant to the hip hop community, some of the best and most underrated rappers of all time. And uh, it was a great conversation. We we did it a little bit ago, and I I really enjoyed it. I thought that you did too, right?
1: Yep, I'm ready. Let's let's hit it. Oh, so, wait, wait wait Ryan, before you do that, I got yes, just please give out out to someone really quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Kiersey is one of our listeners, and she wrote us. Uh, I hope you are staying healthy and sane during the quarantine. I have been listening to the podcast and love it. You and Ryan Aww. are awesome. So thank you so much, Casey.
0: Yeah, thanks, Kiersey.
1: Shout out and for the love. Keep listening as we're about to get into that Nipsey talk.
0: Yeah, let's do it. We had our conversation with Jay a little bit earlier, and uh, let's get into it now, shall we? Jay Buford, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us on the show.
2: I feel good. Um, I am quarantining. I'm ready to talk some hip-hop. I'm ready to talk about Nipsey. Uh, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, so uh, you, in your review of Nipsey Huss, Nipsey's uh, album, Victory Lap, you wrote, to make it from where Nipsey hails from is a great feat. He's well aware of that. He's on a mission and won't be denied. Nipsey is a rapper that relies on determination and inspiration. To listen to him now is to hear somebody who is trying to reach out to the youth. He's often spewing out advice. He's talking to the listener more than the average MC is. Why, what, would, what would you say it was about Nipsey that sort of made him so special and meaningful, not just for, like, his community in L.A., but for the hip-hop community in general?
2: I think that he had a rise—we we grew up with him, right? So, like, he had a rise from when he was doing the marathon mixtapes so all the way to Victory Lab, right? Like, and we followed his career throughout it all. I mean, he had—and he and he had the respect from everyone in the game. He had done songs with Drake— he had done songs with Rick Ross. And this is back when, like, when Crenshaw came out. Like, he, It wasn't like he was, like, a household name. And he was, like, you know, doing uh, – um, uh, he, he was, like, investing in other businesses at that point. Like, he wasn't doing stuff at that point. He was just, like, a street MC at that point. But he had still the respect from everyone in the game. And, like, us kids and us, you know, young adults, If like, we watch out for stuff like that. You know what I mean? And he was just straight up, like, honestly a – very much just a real person in his music and outside of that as well. He shot from the hip. Like he wasn't, he didn't have very like media skill training type of, you know what I mean? He's not like a type of pop star with like a lot of media training and stuff like that. He just straight up like said things. Sometimes mm-hmm. he was inaccurate with the stuff he said, right? Like sometimes he pushed like uh, a suite of science and, and things of that nature. But um I never once questioned his heart and I never once questioned uh, his good intentions. So, yeah, I think first what I recognize in Nipsey Hustle is the fact that he spoke for us, basically.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the pseudoscience because, like, I, I've noticed that, too, in um, Blue Laces, too, he talks about, uh, you know, they killed Dr. Sev because he was teaching health. Right. And, when, and I... and, I, and I was, Yeah, <laughs> Something
2: like, that's quite... Like not, obviously, like, not true, but, like... <laughs> right, like, quite
0: honestly, when I heard that line, I didn't know who...
2: Right, like in general, this is hip hop, right? Like, rappers uh, historically have had very like odd type of politics. You know what I mean? It's kind of type, It's the idea of the madcap sense of the genre, right? And I, I, in a little bit, and I wish that there's a lot. There's a limit to that, and like people need to be better with that stuff. But at the same time, like. This is rap music. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Like so,
0: yeah, man. what I was going to say is like, I so quite honestly, when I heard that line, I didn't know who Dr. Sev was. So I was like, I, I was really interested in in that line, and then he follows it up with, or, you know, or fucked with Rick Ross because he was teaching wealth. And obviously, I knew who Rick Ross was. But I was like, who's this Dr. Sev guy? And then I start looking into it, and I see, you know, a lot of his teachings have been sort of been rejected by the science community that he wasn't really like an expert on health the way that he purported to be. But the thing that's funny about that line to me is, like, I actually didn't care that it didn't matter. Like, the 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 heart of what he was saying, like, the idea that there would be, you know, the forces and the powers that be would be, like, trying to snuff out a black man who is trying to teach the community health felt real to me, even if Dr. Sev wasn't an example of that.
2: Right, right. That is not without a question. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, out of the ordinary for, like, America, you know what I mean? So, like, like we talked about, it, his heart was in the right place. Dr. Sebi is a really poor example of that, but like, it's not out of the question for like people to 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 not want a like black entrepreneurial uh, health physician to, you know, what I mean bring out like the stuff, his ideas and of things of that nature. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: On paper, at least.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Shakisha?
1: Um, well, I remain sort of quiet because for me, I didn't, I'm one of the population who was black and didn't know about, I knew he existed. It's not like Nipsey Hussle was like a, you know, figure like, what does Nipsey Hussle know? And I, I knew who he was, but I wasn't familiar with his music. It's when he passed away that I understood his impact. I understood how meaningful he was to not only hip hop and how much um, so long time ago, when I decided I wanted to get into the entertainment industry, um, I always said I wanted to be the person in the back of the room, and everyone goes, "She knows everyone. Who is she?" Like I always wanted. And Nipsey for me was that, "Who's that guy?" Like everyone yeah. knew Nipsey, but not everyone knew of well, Nipsey. Yeah. Like yeah. the yeah. taste makers, the the the, the everyone who's a musician respected Nip. And what I also was impacted by, and also felt a deep sadness for was LA as a whole. Um, I think, you know, yes, for the black community specifically and like Crenshaw in in and in those neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but the impact he made, the like the come up story, like the underdog who was finally getting his, you know, he meant that for so many people, children, young artists, Old artist Roddy Rich talks about him, you mm-hmm. know, as a mentor. A lot of people talk about him as a mentor and how he made time for those young, you know, the youngins coming up. And he wasn't like an old dude. He was a millennial. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And the young, but he was like on the, the lower side of the millennial spectrum. So yeah. oh, for him. And also his, like, in going back and reviewing tapes and interviews where he talked about you know, or other people would say, you know what his routine was? He'd wake up in the morning, pray with his daughter. He would talk to his kids and ask them questions, walk them to school, asking them what is leadership and reinforcing those things. How important he felt that health and, and um, eating well was and what wealth building it means and how mm-hmm. it was important to him to have his own, uh, to own his own master. Just all of those things for him to be so young, he was on it and how much more, He would have meant to the community is what I took away from it. Like, damn, they snuffed out this young man's life who had so much promise. He wasn't like he was just growing. Like, this is somebody who didn't even see the you know the apex of his career, man. He was just taking off, and for him to be cut down so early, so that you know, like you can get into the. That's why I kept quiet because y'all know the verses and y'all lyrically inclined to do so. I got, you know, I, I can't rock with you there, but I can most certainly tell you that the fact that his impact meant so much made me sad and my heart went out to his family and the people who loved him because he lived honestly. And when I go, that's what I want to t- people to take away with me. So I, that's where I connected with him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you can even speak to it better than I can because, like, I get like nerdy with it, right? You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking about the lyrics and this and that nature and like his, um, uh, his impact on the music industry. But like, you were talking about like he had built a healthy food store in the neighborhood where shit like that like doesn't exist. But, like, I, I'm from, I, I'm from, I'm from 155th Street. Like, I'm from Harlem, and and by way of like, um, my grandmother lived in the Bronx, though, and and I currently live in the Bronx. And so, like, I'm just, like, uptown in general, so I just grew up, like, in New York City in the hood and whatever. There – stuff like that, like, doesn't exist purpose, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, yeah. that, that's, like a, that's, like, a thing that's on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's not an accident. It's not an accident that there's not, like, healthy places, like, in, you know, like, low-income neighborhoods. And yeah. I – I see Hustle recognized that, and he tried to do his best to fix it. He tried to – he had a store uh, – a marathon store in um, – in, in, uh, in, in South Central Los Angeles, that uh, he ran. Um, he was actually at the store, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's
0: where he was shot.
2: Yeah. He was assassinated. And so I, I say assassinated. <laughs> so, um, um, But it, it genuinely does feel like something like that. You know what I mean? Something monumental like that. Like mm-hmm. a pop just got killed. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's how much he meant to that community. In, yeah. like, genuinely. And you spoke about writing Rich. Roddy Rich and Nipsey Hussle don't sound anything alike. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> a song like he sounds like Little Dirk mixed with like Young Thug, right? Like he, yes. he 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 spent some summers down in, in I think some summers or some months down in Atlanta when he was a teenager, and so that kind of like informed his sound. Roddy Rich and Nipsey Hustle sound nothing alike, but he had incredible respect for Nipsey. And that just like goes to the point. Everyone did. It doesn't matter if you were a gangster rapper, if you were a trap rapper, if you were a mumble rapper. Him and Young Thug collabed a bunch of times. A like, Young Thug put on Instagram, "I'd be in jail right now if I was next to Nipsey because I would have had to kill someone." Yeah. And like, legitimately, and he and that's not something like Young Thug just like randomly says a lot. Like that's not like crass by him. That's legitimately like, no, 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 no. Like if I was next to, if I was there that day, like I would literally be locked up right now because we, be, mm-hmm. like. I would have been strapped. And it's just like, and it's just like, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's just like, you don't see that in the game a lot. Like, you obviously see people who have respect from their fellow MCs, but like, people generally consider Nipsey a friend. YG, uh, well, YG says that he struggles, he struggles with, with, with alcohol. Honestly, like, he, he's been very open in fact he struggles with alcohol uh, on My Crazy Life, on Still Brazy. He's been very open about that fact. And he says that, like, I mean, that's that, Nipsey getting killed has brought him back to that point. Wow! But, like, he straight up has said that his Coachella set was like full of grief. Yeah. and, 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 and yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 incredible, especially for someone who was just making his mark. It's really incredible to see how many people just really respected him. Jay Z brought one hundred. What, what was one hundred? I think he brought one hundred copies of. Nifty was selling the Crenshaw mixtape for one hundred dollars out of his like pocket, like a CD, which is something that like not a lot of people were doing at the time. It's yeah, it's getting much. Yeah, it's getting much more. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, that's but that's natural hustler stuff, right? Like, and it's getting much more prevalent now. Like Rock Marciana's doing it, Matt Commie's doing it, but um, Nifty like started doing that, and people were like. What is this? Like, there were people didn't get it. They were like, well, you just release it off the streaming and release it on Daft Punk, uh, Daft Punk, uh, Daft Piff, and you know, this and that. And like, no, he was like, we're gonna sell it out of my, I'm gonna bet on myself, I'm gonna sell it out of my fucking car. And Jay Z bought 100 copies of it for one for, and I think he was selling it for $100. I think it cost whatever that I I, I can't do math right now, but Uh, $10,000. $10,000, yeah. So I think Hope paid paid $10,000 for it. I mean, and this yes. is Jay Z we're talking about. Like, Jay Z doesn't just like openly do things for people in public. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, he do, he doesn't he doesn't co sign you unless he legitimately has a lot of deep respect for you. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, so you don't hear Jay Z talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, Nav or like Russ. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't see. You, yeah, don't see, you know what I mean? Like, you don't see Jay Z like picking up people who are just mid. So if you know, a, a someone like that who's legitimately considered the highest point of the genre can buy your mixtape and put his name to it. It's like, I mean, that that's a close sound like no other. And yeah, that, and he got that when he in 2013 came out in twenty thirteen, right? Victory Lab came out twenty eighteen. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, I mean, he was just getting started, right? Like it's sad. And 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 what I always
1: like take away, like again, a lot of my intro to him were. Like videos of him talking or interviews was his humility. You know, yeah. as a rapper, being yeah. braggadocious is like, you know, it comes in the kit, the rapper kit. Once you decide to become a rapper, you get a black and white composition notebook, a pencil or a pen, and a braggadocious guy.
2: Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. Even you
1: know, though yeah. I, I have to assume that some of the lyrics probably lean, you know, to that he was nice. I think as a human being, he had this humility. And it was his honesty that probably, you know, made his haters really angry and really endeared people to him, you yeah. know? The thing that people really love about you is the same thing people are jealous of and or, you know, hate you for. Yeah. Your blessing is, is sometimes your curse or oftentimes your curse.
0: Yeah. You know, it's uh, listening to you guys talk, uh, it's funny because, like, I'm kind of like you, Shakisha. I didn't actually. I knew who Nipsey Hussle was, of course, but I wasn't really listening to his work or familiar with him until after he was murdered. Um, and then when I saw the the response, you know, from so many different people from so many different walks of life, people who were just genuinely heartbroken. Simple
2: Coast too. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: From everywhere. Yeah, you know, and everywhere. Totally, and and that A$AP was what
2: ASAP Ferg was like. Oh, I had something to say. Like that's you know what I mean. Like that's my guy. Like it's it's It's, legit. it's uncanny. It's legit. Like I've never even I, when I when it happened. Like I I never I didn't I didn't realize how much respect he had from everyone until it happened. Until yeah. it happened, I was like, wait. Quite literally, every single rapper in the game is really really sad. Right. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
0: so I'm I'm watching Ferg, that right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. and I and I'm like, all right, I need to go see like what it is about this guy that that is creating this type of response. This guy who I had, who I had known, but who I had never really listened to in depth. And so I'm going and I'm and I start listening to Victory Lap. And quite honestly, for you know, Victory Lap came out at the end of 2018. It was probably my most listened to album in 2019. And I felt so sad that i had not really discovered him and learned to have an appreciation for just how awesome and and like moving he was as an artist until after he had passed you know and like you you had mentioned before shakisha like you're not on the nerd wavelength where like you don't know the lyrics and stuff well this time last year i didn't really know the the lyrics either (laughs) it's only in this like last year since his death that i've started listening to him more more obsessively and i've like really realized what everyone else had already seen in him you know um and it's funny being a person from like you know uh not from nipsey's background you know i grew up you guys both know me i grew up in white suburbia didn't have a lot of the challenges that exist when you grow up in uh you know a primarily black community um i still find a lot of like inspiration from the stuff that he talks about even though like it's it's addressing challenges that don't directly pertain to me. So I feel like he has this appeal that goes beyond just, like...
2: But right, to the core of his work is just believing in yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? And right. anyone, anyone can, can can find inspiration from that. It's all, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what you're supposed to believe in yourself. It doesn't matter yeah. where you come from. Believe in yourself. That's really what the message in his music is, I think. Like, in general. Like, his he he had, like, the hashtag, better yourself. Like, that was, like, one of his, like, main hashtags that he would do mm-hmm. or it's in general like all money in that's like his label you know what i mean like it's just believing in yourself putting your best foot forward that is nifty hustle like always that was always oh yeah, so, yeah and and so I, I so you say like it was you're not you're you're not you know from where nifty hustle's from so it was like crazy that you if you felt like oh wow i can relate to this this is insane but it's not really if you think about it because mm-hmm. to the core it's just a it's a message that it's a message that our parents told us right like it's a message yeah. that, like, mentors told us, right? Like, and I think that's why he was so relatable to people because it's just, like, you were just hearing, like, your friend tell you, like, you know, like, believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Like, he, and as a rapper, too, if, if, if I may, like, as a rapper, um, he was really good at, at knowing that less is more, right? So, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't trying to wow you with, you know, rhyme schemes and, like, alliteration and, like, all these, like, technically great emceeing, that wasn't Nipsey. That wasn't really what he was trying to accomplish. He was never trying to... What I like to say is, he was never trying to show you how good he was at rap. He was mm-hmm. just trying to make good rap music. Yeah. And I think that's lost sometimes. Uh-huh. And, and he was exceptional at it. Like, um, a song like Ocean Views, if you look at the lyrics, he's not really saying, like, much in terms of just, like, oh, he's not, like, breaking the jump. Jo- he's not, like, trying to be... um the uh, status symbol of like what what the genre can be at its peak, you know what I mean? Like he's not Nas, right? But he is in general is just someone who knows how to talk to people. And he, if you watch an interview, he knew how to talk to people. If you watch uh, any type of um, you know uh, a speech he ever made, he knows how to talk to people. And he in his music, he knew how to talk to people too. He knew how to. Yeah. Talk to
1: he was a young elder statesman. There's no, yeah. absolutely no doubt.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, it's he a... was
1: in, he had, oh, like, a lot of us, I'm and I'm sure he, you know, had his moments, but a lot of us in our 20s are really just trying to piece it all together, trying to figure it all out, you know, we're trying to figure out who and what we want to be, where we want to stay, you know, just figuring it all out. And it felt like, you know, we all have that journey, but it felt like he had a lot of that kind of placed in his life where he could now kind of elevate to a whole other, you know, now we're going to the Grammys and now we, you know, whatever the next, you know, uh, collaboration, like it was just a whole other level. Like we had just yeah. watched him and then he opened up the lid and now we're about to see something unique. And if there is ever, you know, if there is, you know, I know some people believe in, um, visit it? Repurposing souls. That's not the name of it. Um, <laughs> Uh, when you come back again?
0: Oh, reincarnation, like, oh, repurposing you. souls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: I mean, can- that is what it is. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: Um No, but if if he, if someone was to come back and felt like he had been here before, because of the fact that he was so centered in his yeah. beliefs was so able to just stand on truth. And it's really hard in this day and age to do that, to really not go the wave of what's popular, to not get, you know, hooked up in, yo, I know this guy and I know this guy and letting that be your resting state. You know, mm-hmm. like I know all these dudes. Like I'm in this, you know, I'm in the studio with so and so and I'm about to be in the video. He didn't let that influence him. It was a bigger message and a bigger principle. And I think that's the one thing going forward, all of us who were affected by him really need to be about, you know, not just what, and I, I, I honestly, in the time of COVID-19, like those are the things that in your quiet time to really work on, figure out who the hell we are and where we want to be and what impact we want to make in this world. Not about the likes, not about, you know, it's dope that D. Nice did what he did and I'm happy for him. He went like, it, it, I'm, it's amazing what he did with the party, but what is your gift? that you can share, you know, online right now during this time. You know, um, if you want to do something for Nip, maybe, you know, spit a little something that someone ain't spitting. Just like you were saying, Jay, how he was just a, he was a rapper's rapper because he understood what, messaging was it wasn't about the lyrical feats. it was literally about the messaging so if you're not like somebody you don't have to be like anyone to succeed you just have to be you and yeah it's not gonna happen it's not gonna pop off right away and sometimes it might take years but stick to your truth and and nothing else really matters at the end of the day
0: yeah, I like that you said he was a a young elder statesman. I th- I feel like that's just the perfect way to describe him. And yeah. we were saying before, you can see that it looks like Nipsey's beard on Jay's shirt is a little gray. Kind of fitting for an elder statesman, right?
2: Absolutely. So, it's a, we, yeah. I mean, it's eroding, but I think it makes the shirt look wavier, like low key, like.
0: Yeah, man, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. You got to come forward a little bit. It's blur Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we only got about ten minutes left with Jay, and uh you know I do want to shift gears a little bit. I think we're gonna have an interesting conversation here because we actually have people from three different generations who I think might have three different answers to this question. Jay, I'll ask you first your top three rappers of all time.
2: I'm gonna make this a little funky because I feel like a lot of these names get like recycled and like a lot of these lists get like recycled and stuff like that totally. uh, Here's the three that are like legit like today I'm really thinking about. Just in terms of like MCs that I'm just really thinking about, um, Ghostface, there was no more. There was no rapper who was more inventive than Ghostface Killer. None.
0: Interesting. Okay.
2: Like, like none. Like he literally like uses words, or like bends words or says sentences in a way that like I, I've never heard said. He's Shakespeare, like legitimately. Um, Ghostface, we'll go, we'll go. Ghostface, we'll go big, and we'll go. Um,
0: Oh, he's thinking.
2: Uh, we'll go We'll go Pimsy. We'll go Pimsy. That's, that's it. We'll go. We'll go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like my three. If I'm like being like really like sit down and like let's actually talk about this, that's probably not like my three. Right, Those right. three that, like I, that I've been like in all of like recently. Like, I mean, big in general, just like if you just look at like he is the benchmark to this shit. Like I don't think mm-hmm. he's Hendrix. Like I don't think he's. I, I don't think anyone is better at just like being on a microphone than Notorious B.I.G. was in general, yeah. and like Life After Death, the anniversary was this week, and I, I think that's a great, that's one of the greatest double albums I've ever heard, alongside mm-hmm. I Me mean, by like Tupac. It's like, and I mean, and, and any Stevie Wonder or Dylan thing, but like in terms of rap, like those two, in totally. general, like um, just as an MC, like no, i I've, I've never just heard someone be just that good <laughs> like just like, like yeah, I, I, I can't even put it into words like like there was a there was a, I was listening to last day on life after death and he's like um uh, illegal transjasties and farabics, and i was just like what yeah you
0: know what i mean yeah it's and, it's funny yeah. yeah i was gonna say because like and, when you look at like so, that question for me, I start going through. Okay, so like, what are your qualifications? Like, what's your standard for greatest of all time? Is it like technical ability? Is it like f- speed and flow? Is it like lyricism? Is it just how like someone moves you? But I feel like no matter like what your standard is for your list, and Biggie, uh, you know, spoiler is my number one too. Um, I feel like he would be at the top of like the list yeah. no matter what the qualification. is. Yeah. I mean, are, if
2: your criteria but- is. See, my three criterias that I think about is um, influence on the next – influence, being influential on the next generation. Uh, I mean, like, Lil Wayne is very high on my list because everyone sounds like Wayne. Like, everyone wants to sound like Wayne. Kendrick Lamar wouldn't be Kendrick Lamar if not for Wayne. I mean, and the list goes on. Young Thug, obviously, and Chance Mm -hmm. the Rapper, and the list goes on. So I would go influence. I'd go album history, and I'd go actual, like, skill. Those are, like, my three, just, like, the way I think about it. Right. And I mean, those criteria, Biggie fits it like like a T. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sound like Biggie. It's hard for Biggie to be like influential, and I put that in quotes because like he he's Biggie. It's impossible to replicate that. But like, if you just look at the, if you look at Jay Z's like, the Jay Z and Biggie stuff is a little overstated. But if you look at like what Jay is trying to accomplish. A lot of what he's trying to accomplish is like, okay, the ability to make a hard song and the ability to also make a club hit. That's mm-hmm. that's biggie shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Like, that mindset comes from Big a little bit, and so like, yeah, uh, yeah. So those. The, I would you, say would be,
0: What do you think, Shakisha? All
2: right, I, I'm actually gonna let
1: you go first because I, I like I like. Okay. The ring.
0: All right, so uh First, so,
1: I just said Pimp C. So I'm a little taken aback. My my heart just skipped seven. <laughs> I'm okay, right, so I'll live. The guys came I in with the
2: love Pimp C. So they came in like, and
1: pro- yeah, they got me the defibrillator and I'm good, but
2: I love UTK is my favorite duo of all time. I love Pimp C. My, like, it's
1: the blood. Yeah. I played the blood. Go ahead, Ryan. It's so all right, cool.
0: all right. So uh yeah, my list is um I kind of just looked at like rappers or, you know, hip hop artists who move me emotionally the most. Cause that's what always is. What, what has always been important for me with music is like, and I feel this way about rock music too. Like you can be the most technically gifted guitar player on the, in the world. But like, if you can't write a song who really cares about like your technical ability. And I, and I think that that's true of just musical artists in general. So I went emotional, impact for me and so biggie was my number one as i said and i think i have been having trouble narrowing down the list because i have six names here but if i had to pick the other two i would have to say i think kendrick would be on there which i know might be a little bit controversial because he's a newer artist but for me personally like i just really connect with him and uh with what he does lyrically i love his beats Um, and then I think Snoop should be on there too. I think Snoop just like writes awesome music and like, uh, I don't remember where he said it, but one time Dre was talking about like the power of Snoop Dogg and it's not as if he's like this like lightning quick rapper or he's like the most lyrically gifted, but he's just cool. Like he can just go one, two, three into the four and it just sounds fucking dope. And like, I feel like everything that comes out of his mouth feels that way.
2: Yeah, I mean Snoop is like very under has become very underrated. Like Mm and it's it's funny to say that because he does cooking videos of Martha Stewart and he like has these like sit down talks with like Jada Pickett Smith when he acts out and like (laughs) Yeah, he's had a
0: wild career.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting to say that he's underrated because he's like one of the more famous hip hop figures ever. But mm-hmm. I think he's more famous for stuff other than like his discography, and his just is fucking good. It's tight, like man, yeah. Oh man, like um, first of all, Doggy Style, it might be the greatest debut in history, but. No Limit Top Dog is also a classic mm-hmm. and like not, doesn't get enough credit. Like that one is great too. When he was doing stuff for No Limit, like he was terrific. Um, he has a, they, the album he dropped, my favorite album he dropped this decade is called Never Left. And it's a kind of a, like back to the glory days version of him. And it's, the sequencing's great. Like, it, yeah, he's got, he's got great guest features on it. He's rapping really well. He has actually has a verse on a Nipsey, uh, song on a Nipsey mixtape. Um, which one of them? Slawson boy, Slawson boy two, and uh, I think question number one is a song, and he's his verse on that is terrific. Like Snoop Dogg is, Snoop yeah, Dogg and is I, top fifteen ever. Like don't let anyone. If people are like, oh, Snoop Dogg one of the more overrated rappers in history, that's fucking bullshit. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, I, well, I think what you said is so true. It's like you know he's more famous for being a persona now than anything else. Right, you know, and, and you almost forget he's a rapper. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. All right. So
1: I guess I'm up to bet. Okay. So for me. Um, music has always been a huge part of my life. Um, and hip hop was the only way that I was able to interrelate with like kids around me. Cause I've always been weird. I've always, you know, like I was in the house a lot. I read a lot of books. I didn't listen to the radio until I like was in middle school. So I listened to whatever movie that was, you know, Daryl Hall and John Oates and, uh, staying and, you 2 and talking, hey, it just- That's you, all great, you know that, too. Yeah, you, yeah, but it wasn't like, I lived on Humphrey Fourth between 8th <laughs> and 7th in Harlem. You know, it's a whole different world. Um, yeah. Thompson Twins was respectable. You know, you could do that. But, um so for me, I think top three, and it's gonna, so Tribe Called Quest definitely mm. is some of the most influential artists in, in hip-hop to me, mainly because- they influenced a wave or were on, I won't even say they influenced the wave. They were on a wave that was about to happen in Cali, a wave that was happening in a, a down south. Like they were kind of a linchpin to a lot of other genres. And in New York, we're snobs. We don't really accept a lot of, especially back in the day. We didn't accept a lot of um rappers from outside of, <laughs> new York okay let's just say it I like. I can't even like we didn't like new other new uh, not New York stuff unless it was Chronic came out we was cool with that but whatever so they set off a lot of different waves um, of course Biggie he could tell a story like nobody else can a lot of stuff he was just too young to be a part of <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: he was just too young to be a part of but you bought it you could close your eyes listen to a Biggie record and see everything that's happening. And there's no other rapper I feel that has been able to tell a tale like he has. Um I think and this is also controversial. Nas is a, a throwback for me because initially Nas wasn't one of my favorites, but when I look back at Nas, he actually was telling a Queen's Bridge opera of sorts, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean. And I think anything that's a storyteller, um Is possibly some of the best hip hop around. So definitely Nas, Biggie, and Trap Call Quest. Honorable mention Wu Tang Clan, but
2: go on. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) if you, if you Nas for me, like Illmatic is quite literally the benchmark for like rap. Like it's what it's what my like Highway sixty one or like. Uh, what my parents said about Hendrix or, like, what my parents said about, like, Michael Jackson is probably what I'll be telling my kids about. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's quite literally the benchmark for, like, what song, what, like, rap lyrics should be like and, like, the way the drama should be told. And he was, like, bo- Nas is the type of person, other rappers might have had more, like, natural street like cred, and, like, which is, like, which has always been, like, the the like nerdy thing about Nas which is like, oh, he's just like a thug poet. But like that's fine. <laughs> like he and, did, had, and the voice when he was like sixteen he didn't do that better than anyone. Like, you didn't know I mean so. And he had that crazy voice
1: when he was like in high school. Like that right. voice was raspy from and, the beginning.
2: If you're a sixteen year old and you're saying when I was twelve I went to hell for stuffing Jesus, like bro. Like, bro, how <laughs> you like what is that? Like, what, what lyric is that to be saying? Who
1: is this kid? Like, who is he? Right. Like,
2: who are you? Like, <laughs> he's an alien. Nas is an alien. Like, <laughs> <for> real. that's real.
0: <laughs> so, alright, so we did uh, top three hip-hop artists of all time. Now, Jay, give me your number one most uh, underrated or underappreciated rapper of all time.
2: Ooh. Um, i somewhat had like, Pimp C in there as, like, that type of thing, but yeah. it's not it's it, it isn't Pimp C either because he's gotten most of his flowers because he's passed unfortunately. Um, hmm, underrated that no one talks about.
0: For background here, this was a question. So I was talking to uh to Caitlin, my girlfriend, and uh, you know she's not a, a huge hip hop fan. She likes the genre, but I was like, well, what would, what's like something you would want to hear someone who's super knowledgeable about hip hop talk about? And this was what she said. She would love to hear about like artists who are, like, recognized maybe by, like, people who are really in the know, but who have historically sort of flown under the radar.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Sugar Free, I recently, like, uh, started to get into. Why are you bullshitting? Like, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a, he's really unconventional as an MC, right? He's not on beat, and, like, a lot of people, like, are like, oh, if you're not on beat, like, you can't rap, which is crap, but whatever. He's not, um, yeah, he's really unconventional as a rapper, and he doesn't, He's not looking to be in the like form of a um, technically sound MC, mm-hmm. but in terms of voice and in terms of um, like flow, it's Sugarfree's the best. Like, why you bullshitting? This is a great song. Uh, yeah, like Sugarfree had put in there. Um, I put in Solo Q Tip in there because you talked about the Trap Quest, which is great. Solo Q Tip, yeah. Awesome to do. Yeah. Um a lot of people, man. It's Scarface, Zero. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of great uh, uh there's a lot of great underappreciated MCs.
1: I would I would have to say, oh my god, underrated. Um wow. Because nowadays, I feel like a lot of people get their due. But if you wanna, if you wanna be honest, I'll i say Ice Cube mainly because he That's is cool. the reason that like
2: another the, guy that, more and that
1: whole faction yeah. even even got you know where they
2: are. He wrote yeah. for everyone.
0: He so was someone who I was thinking the most yeah.
2: underrated. I mean, yeah, yeah. He- yeah it- another person who's gotten more famous because of things outside of music. But those Mm -hmm. first four ice cube albums, like, so America's most wanted death certificate, the predator, and then lethal injection, or of those are at least good to like masterpieces. And no, there is no more of a more ferocious and sociopolitical rapper than ice cube. I think he might be the best one of all those guys who fit in that genre. He might've been the best one. Like, I mean and great songwriter. And one of the I also have a also one of the things about Ice Cube that's really interesting, Nas is also like this, whereas as soon as they dropped their first ever song that was like in public, they were already mm-hmm. the best rapper alive. Already. Like <laughs> he had dropped he so he had like just been a writer for like these for this like other group. And then like NWA was like, No, like you should also be rapping. And mm-hmm. he they dropped straight out of Compton and Ice Cube's the first verse on it, and that's his, I think, I think that's his first, like, ever, he might have had, like, a demo tape or whatever, but I think that's, like, the first ever song that you've heard from him that's, like, on a streaming service, right? Yeah. And he's literally already the best rapper alive, like, mm-hmm. from the job. He says, like, straight to the Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from a gang called, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah. the best rapper alive, that's it, already was. Like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs>
0: like, That's exact- definitely who I was thinking Because when whenever I talk to, to hip hop heads I feel like Ice Cube always comes up with them As like oh this dude This is a guy you don't fuck with But like when you talk to someone who's like more casual Like me or someone else You don't hear that name so much So I that, I feel like that had to be my answer too Yeah. yeah. Well uh, Jay this has been awesome Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today right.
2: uh, and, uh, Stay safe and stay healthy
0: alright Alright Jay we'll catch you soon man
2: Bye okay. Jay
0: That's all for today's episode of Shakisha and the White Boy, dedicated entirely to the life of Nipsey Hussle. We'd like to thank our guest, Jay Buford, for joining us. Jason was great. He, I know you had never met him before, Shakisha, uh, but it seemed like you guys were on the same wavelength in a lot of ways.
1: He's dope, man. He's dope. I like
0: yeah. him. We'll have to see if we can have him on on a future episode. I'm yeah. uh, on- Unfortunately because that conversation ran a little bit long we didn't have time to get to our mailbag this week and we have a question from William Jensen a dedicated listener maybe our number one fan uh, sitting in the mailbag and, and William we promise we will get back to it or we will get to it next week sorry about that um, listener if you would like to be featured on an episode of S A T W B. You can have your voice heard by email, emailing us at whiteboy at com. We're taking questions, episode topic ideas, and anything else that's on your mind. So whatever you've got, send it our way. Even if you just want to give us some love like Kiersey did, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we, I mean, we both have egos that need to be stoked from time to time, so, uh, yeah, feel free. Feel free, guys. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of egos needing to be stoked, yeah. a friendly reminder to uh, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and while you're at it, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta at SATWB1, and we're also on Facebook. Shout-outs to Berberock for writing and producing our intro music. Hear more of his music at www.brbrck.com. I'm about to have a video call with him. It's his wife's birthday today, so... That'll be fun. He wanted to be on the show, but he couldn't make it. Shakisha, what do you got going on today?
1: Uh, I am going to do, so New York has like um, some business um, stuff for small business owners. So I'm going to go explore those opportunities. Folks, if you own a small business and have been affected by coronavirus, um, the U.S. Uh, small Business Association has grants across the nation. Whatever state you're in, go look them up. They have plenty of um, help for you available. Um, Just go and see if you um, are um, not worthy, but if you are one of the people who can uh, apply.
0: Qualify, yeah. All right. That sounds great.
1: That's the word.
0: Qualify. (laughs) You got my back and I got yours. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time.